Welcome to 682 of The Sleeper and the Bust. I am Justin Mason, riding solo because Jason Collette is on assignment or vacation. I don't know what Jason's doing today. So, got to bring in a new guy, new blood, a ringer. We're bringing in Flad Sedler from Guru Elite. Flad, how you doing? What's up, Justin? Good to spend this uh, Sunday with you today. Yeah. You know, there's there's no better person, I think, to talk to in the industry, at least as far as I'm concerned, on a Sunday when we're talking about fab than you. Because you, you do some great work over at uh, Guru. It's Guru Elite, and then the, the fantasy side is? Fantasy Guru. So that's where my uh, my weekly free agent bidding article is. So kind of spend my entire Saturday, leave the family at home, and just grind away at it to, uh, to make sure everybody can uh, get the right bids in for Sunday evenings. Yeah, and it, it's a great article. I, I've uh, been gifted a copy today, so I could <laughs> so I could take a look and kind of compare notes. And uh, it, it definitely is useful. So if you are if you're already a subscriber over at Guru, uh, definitely should be reading that. And if you're not a subscriber, where, where do people go to subscribe? It's uh, fantasyguru.com/mlb. We've got a, a pretty good deal for the rest of the season, and um, I don't know if. You know, obviously, if 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 I, if I don't say so myself, I think it's worth it. About twenty bucks for the rest of the year just to get my article every week. Um, unless your team is all on the IL and you're pretty much toast, then that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's my main event story. So we we're just <laughs> just talking beforehand about just uh, my. I'm just literally trying to stay out of the bottom of the overall. I'm not. I, I'm everybody else is competing for the overall. I'm competing to not finish last in the overall. Well, there's some hope, right? I mean, the team actually, you know, the active hitters you have are good on paper, and you've got some guys coming back. Am I wrong? I mean, I, I would hope so. I mean, Stanton's supposed to ramp up activity as of, I think, tomorrow. Uh, Jimmy Nelson's almost back. Sano's on a rehab assignment. So it's just a matter of time before some of these guys come back. I, I'm not going to win the league, obviously, and I'm obviously not going to win the overall, just considering everything I've had to go through this year. That being said, I'm gonna fight like hell to get try to get back into the money because uh, if if I can get back into the money somehow uh, in my league, I think that would be a pretty amazing achievement. Absolutely, and like I said, I mean, team looks good on paper. You know, you, you got some of these guys coming back, so um, I think it's good. Let, let's get you some boys uh, on the team. I don't know if you're if you're making any pickups on that team, but. Let's I'm, get it going. I'm, I'm making a few, and we're going to talk about a couple of them in our uh, in our fab pickup segment. We're going to do things a little bit differently today. One, because I wanted to change things up, and kind of, uh, and two, because we're having we have Vlad on the show, so I really wanted to focus on fab pickups. So people, let me know on Twitter or on, in the Facebook group whether or not you like this format as opposed to the regular Sunday format that I do with Jason. And if people really like this one, then we'll switch over to this one. If people like the old one, we'll go back to that next week. So, uh, But let's, uh, let's start and talk about some kind of notable transactions, things that have happened since I last recorded with Paul. Uh, I believe, well, we recorded on Wednesday, but it was a non-really fantasy-related show. Uh, so since Monday... Uh, Corey Kluber hitting the uh, injured list with a broken arm is going to be uh, reevaluated in three to four weeks. So it sounds like really there's no timetable for return. And maybe at the best, we're looking at six to eight weeks. What are you doing with Kluber, Vlad? That's rough. I mean, obviously, people that are in a position to just stash them on the air. Uh, IL, you just go ahead and do that and you wait and hope you've got some other pitchers to help you out. But uh, in formats like the NFBC, 
a bit tougher of a decision, I think, because he was many people's second or third round pick. Um, I don't see people dropping him right away this week. I, you know, like some people had done with uh, with Severino or with Clevenger, um, because there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. You're thinking, hopefully, maybe you get that second half of the season. Maybe he's back around the All Star break. Uh, so I think in 15 teamers, he's an absolute hold. And then with 12 team leagues, uh, where you have that just that seven man bench. It just really depends on what your roster looks like. You know, for each person, it's just really different. Uh, if you are um, one of those teams that happen to have a lot of stashes um, and you've got injured guys and people that are about, you might have Stanton coming back, Olsen coming back, then maybe you can hold on to a Kuluber like that. But if your entire bench is an IL team, basically, um, then you've got tougher decisions to make. I'm not going to say that you absolutely cannot drop Kluber in a 12er because, you know, I mean, this is a serious thing and it's going to be quite some time. Uh, as long as people know that if you do drop him, he's going to get snagged up. So you won't be having Kluber for the second half of the season. Yeah, that's the big thing is when you drop these guys, there's there's at least one person you're leading that somehow has not been affected by injury. So and like I dropped I dropped Matt Olson in, in one of my uh, Rotowire online championship leagues. Uh, he got snagged up. Andrew Heaney, you know, got snagged up. And so if you if you're gonna drop Kluber, you, like Vlad said, you have to just be aware that that's it for you and your Kluber share. So uh, I'm probably holding him in a 15 team league, uh, unless you're in a position like I am in the main event where uh, you don't have a whole lot of options in terms of holding and not holding guys. Uh, this one is just a real bummer because we we really just don't have any sort of timetable for return. And while it's a non-displaced fracture, which is a good thing, uh, the bones weren't, you know, they don't have to re-break it. The bones uh, were kind of set in place, just fractured. Uh, the fact that they don't have any sort of timetable really uh, is a bit worrisome to me. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, you know, I mean, I pretty much, uh, I'm not, not trying to sound full of myself because obviously I just got lucky there, but Kluber was just somebody that to me felt was on the decline. The strikeout rate was going down. So I avoided him altogether. I was pretty much all in Bauer this year, or at least as many shares as I could get. Uh, I mean, I started pushing him up to like the early second round. And so I wasn't really ever in a position to to grab Kluber. Um, and I think many of us expected for, you know, typical Kluber, um, at least maybe not last season, but in previous seasons, always an ice cold April followed by just domination for five months. And that may have ha started to happen, but unfortunately, uh, things go the other way. Yeah, that that is the unfortunate part, because I was kind of cautioning people. I don't have any Kluber shares this year because I was more down on him than uh, I think the consensus was. And I think he was one of those guys that was kind of all over the place in terms of where people had him in their ranks. Uh, but I was also cautioning, like, don't don't like sell him for 50 cents on the dollar right now because he's going to bounce back. He always does. Uh, and so this is a bummer for him to, you know, in a, in a freak thing. It's not like he tore out his ACL or something like or a, a UCL. He just got unlucky with a with a comebacker. And usually that's Carlos Carrasco's job on the Indians. <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. All right. Uh, good news. Miguel Andujar is back. Uh, what do you expect from him? Are you throwing him right back into your lineups? Are you worried about re-injury with him because there was no surgery? 
Yeah, I mean, they, you know, the Yankees are kind of in a tough spot. I mean, pretty much have a better team on the IL than they do in the actual lineup. They have a better um, team on the IL than most teams in Major League it, Baseball have in their lineup. It's wild, yeah. And so, you know, Andujar coming back is, is definitely a little rushed. It's a little forced. I mean, the guy can hit, uh, but he can't really field. And we saw that the other day in uh, his return. He basically had two really kind of nasty errors uh, Tyler O'Neill style, if you remember that kind of throw. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the only thing they can really do with him is DH him full time, um, which means also means you got to have Gary Sanchez uh, behind the plate at all times. And Gary Sanchez obviously isn't a good catcher. So um, but still, he's still that way. You get a couple of good bats in the lineup. And Ahar should be fine. I mean, you know, obviously there's the risk of re-injury, but what can you do? I mean, you just pretty much got to roll them out there. Uh, they do have seven, the Yankees, this week, uh, four against Seattle and then three at Tampa Bay. Uh, they do fish some tough pitchers, I think, so it's not the ideal week. But, you know, you you, you drafted Andahar early, um, you know, unless your corner infielders are totally loaded where you actually even have a decision to consider benching him. I think you pretty much just play him, hope they DH him all week, and hope he doesn't go down on a Monday. Yeah, I think he's – well, I mean, in his defense, he wasn't able to play defense before anyways, but this, mm -hmm. now there's a medical reason for it. Uh, this is scary to me. <laughs> to <laughs> me, it's like I do feel like they rushed, the, rushed him back because they are missing so many pieces in that offense, and – uh, I worry what happens when the team gets healthy? What happens when Clint Frazier is about to start a rehab assignment and gets back? Or like the aforementioned uh, Stanton, who works his way back. How often can they play him at DH once they start getting all those pieces back? I mean, thankfully for them, they have a ton of pieces that are hurt, so it's going to take a little while to get them all back. But if you're in a trading league, I know you play a lot of NFBC like I do, uh, but we also play in a few tra uh, trading leagues. If you're in trading league, if he goes like on a hot streak this week at the plate, are you trying to sell him? Probably. I mean, it depends how my, uh, my, you know, what what I've got else going on at third base and at corner. Um, but I think that's the game you always got to play. I mean, always looking to, uh, to you know, basically take advantage and sell high. So absolutely, uh, he's somebody I avoided in general for where he was going, like a top seventy overall pick. Uh, I just wasn't having it coming off that monster rookie season. Uh, was definitely expecting a little bit of regression there. So um, yeah, I mean, he has a big week. You go ahead and uh, try to shop and see what you can get from him because there's always that chance that uh, he has a setback and something goes wrong. All right, uh, Nick Senzel get called up to the major leagues, uh, goes yard in his second game. Almost he went yard twice, if not for a, an amazing Kevin PR uh, robbery out in center field. I don't know if you saw that or not, but it mm -hmm. was uh, it was pretty. Uh, PR may, may, may not be the best uh, offensive player in the world, but he's still fun on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, that being said, Senzel looks like he's going to be a stud, and he played a decent center field in that game against the Giants uh, yesterday. So were you kind of at on Senzel rest of the way? Is he a top 75 player to you, top 50 player? I mean, top 50 is definitely possible. Senzel is a stud um, in his debut in the majors. He hit second uh, in his second game. I think he hit fifth, ended up uh, you know going deep. Uh, somebody that somebody – uh, he's a guy that everybody has really loved and has have been waiting to get called up. 
um, you know, to get off the, the IL and, and to be a, a part of this offense. And obviously this Reds team struggled a lot early on. Uh, Jesse Winker is really stepping up as looking like the team stud at the moment. It's not Votto. It's not Puig. And so Zell steps into a, uh, a really nice situation. And I think you might see a nice little summer there uh, with the Reds and with him being a really, really viable part of that offense. I, I agree. I, I love Senzel. I think he's going to be a very uh, interesting guy. I think he could easily go 10-10, 15-15, something like that, rest of the way. And they've already, what, they DFA'd Kemp, uh, and they sent Scott Shebler, I believe, down today. So uh, there is plenty of playing time to be had for him and my nemesis, uh, Jesse Winker. So uh, we will uh, we will be seeing a lot of them in the lineups uh, and I will probably eat a lot of crow on Winker as I already have this morning. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I may not, uh, I'm not that aware of the backstory there. Oh, uh, I, I've been a, I've been a Jesse Winker detractor for a long time. Uh, and the juiced balls are making me look stupid right now. So <laughs> I didn't think he would develop the kind of power he's showing right now. Uh, and is, if he stays healthy and stays on, even something close to this rate and, you know, hits 30 home runs, I'm going to owe a lot of people free Rotoware t-shirts uh, this year. So, which <laughs> only only Justin see. Mason Rotoware shirts though, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that should be the deal. But I, I think I, I think I agreed to whatever shirt they choose. So uh, it's unfortunate. Um, and, uh, you know, I, Alex Chamberlain tweeted out something, I think yesterday, where it was like for every April victory lap you take, you need to take like an April defeat lap. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I take some. I've taken some April victory laps. I will continue to take my April and May victory laps um, because people make me eat a ton of crow on all the ones that I'm wrong on. You, you know that there's a direct correlation between people that take April victory laps and people that are not tweeting about baseball in August, and they've already mm-hmm. moved on to football. So this is true. I, I will not be one of those people because I'll still be taking random victory laps in August, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, I will also eat plenty of crow because uh, that's just who I am. I, I'm willing to take my L's, and it looks like Fair I'm enough. taking one on, on Jesse Winker, unfortunately. Uh, but as far as Sinzel's concerned, I'm pretty sure he's 100% owned in just about every format. And if for some reason someone dropped him uh, in your league, you spend all your fab, or at least a, a fair, fair majority of it, to go get a guy like Sinzel. Yeah, yeah, there was one league where it was a 12 teamer where he was dropped and he was there for, you know, a week basically and man, I hate spending a lot early, but he just felt like a guy that I had to have and of course there was somebody that loved him more and ended up spending like 600 and mm-hmm. I wasn't going to go there. Yeah. Uh and, and you know, on the flip side of that though, cuz I I say this a lot too, uh I said it when Vlad came up, if you've got Senzel in a trading league, uh, feel free to shop him around. He hit a home run. He almost hit two. Uh, he he he's looking good from the get go. Uh, his price will probably never be higher in terms of a redraft league. And so, if you're a team that needs to fill a, a number of holes, uh, or you're looking to maybe buy on a guy uh, that you thought you weren't able to get, uh, Senzel's not necessarily going to be a guy that's going to win you any particular category. And so. Uh, he's just going to be a, an overall contributor in all of them. So if and like I said, his uh, his value is never going to be higher than it is right now. So you can shop him around and maybe try to get a, a steal. 
All right, uh, let's move on, talk about Jamison Tyon, who uh, is hitting the uh, IL with an elbow issue. This sounds like a precursor to Tommy John. How worried right now are you on Jamison Tyon? I mean, shut down for four weeks. Um, It's looking rough. I mean, he was a big uh, sort of favorite there going in the range with Strasburg and Clevenger. And a lot of people felt that, uh, especially because of his you know, added a pitch in the second half, was just looking incredible in the second half. And we've seen him struggle a little bit early on this year. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's really sad. A right, right elbow flexor strain. Um, owners of him really have to hope for the best. Um, you know, and what can you really do until we hear what happens? I mean, you know, do people wait for four weeks? Um, it's a little bit of a different situation than Kluber. I feel like Kluber is more of a hold than Tyon. Uh, but I do still think at least in 15 teamers, you got to at least wait one week, uh, hold him on the roster and just see what ends up happening with him. Yeah, that's uh, that's the unfortunate part. And he just I don't know if he ever really looked completely right to start this season. And so I wonder if maybe this was an issue he was dealing with uh, kind of from the jump because he just wasn't he wasn't striking out the guys he was. Last season, it just didn't seem like he had the uh, same kind of sharpness to some of his pitches. I'm definitely worried. I've got him in a league where I can't really afford to lose him. Uh, and it's a 12-team league where it becomes uh, – or uh, actually a 13-team league. It's the the, uh, the Barf League. Um, and it's, uh, it's a little bit frustrating. So I'm going to hold on to him for right now because I've got IL spots there. Uh, but I totally understand if people want to cut bait, especially in like your 12-team NFBC formats where you can't really afford to roster a ton of these guys. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a tough situation to go, uh, you know, go. And I'm sure every single show you guys are talking, and they're just uh, a laundry list of people that we have to deal with. I mean, just like something we've never seen before this season, or so it seems. It feels that way. I, I don't know if it actually is the worst year in terms of injuries. Uh, it just seems maybe it's because it's all coming at once early on in the season, but uh, it's it's been pretty bad. I, I don't if if it continues at this rate, I don't know want to know what August is going to look like for us. So in terms of who we who will have left left on our rosters, yeah, I mean, and that opens up an entirely different discussion. Maybe it deserves its own podcast, but maybe people being careful on the money they are spending in fab because every week, I mean, we saw last week was an insane week for bidding this week. Everyone's going to want to bid for Nate, Nate Lowe and Griffin canning. And then, you know, what about the following week? You've got other guys that are coming up. I mean, every single week. And if you got injuries happening all the time, come August, if you have no dollars left, but you have a good team, how are you going to keep up when the injuries hit you then? Mm -hmm. And there, of course, just like every league there, there are people who are hoarding their fabs. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's it's a tough thing to kind of uh, figure out right now if is how serious and how long this uh, this kind of injury issues are going to uh, go on for. Uh, let's talk about Blake Trine and another guy dealing with an uh, in, injury issue. Uh, th- he is unavailable through the weekend. Uh, there are kind of mixed reports right now on the severity of his issue. The fact they're not putting him straight on the IL is kind of comforting a little bit, but he's experiencing some right elbow discomfort. How worried about are or how worried about Trinan are you? And are you going to put in some bids on uh, Trevino? So um, as we speak uh, on this Sunday morning, Susan Slusser, um, the San Francisco Chronicle beat writer for the A's. Um, actually says that Trinan's feeling much better today. 
Uh, he's obviously he's not going to pitch, but he's taken some anti-inflammatories, which he hopes or believes has done the trick to uh, kind of calm that elbow tendonitis down. And so uh, we'll see. I mean, there's obviously, a, you know, we, we like to be bullish on the idea that perhaps he does avoid his first uh, IL stint ever uh, in his career. Um, so, so we'll see. Um, you know what I realized as a matter of fact, it's almost every, it's, it's almost like a clean slate because it's no longer the DL. So everybody going on the IL, it's, they're literally going on for the first time technically, right? <laughs> That's one way to look at it. I love how positive you are about things. <laughs> um, well, that is good news. Hopefully that means, uh, that we don't need to worry about him too much. I believe I've got him in TGFBI if I'm, I've got him somewhere. Uh, I can't remember between my 17 leagues where exactly I have him. Uh, but I, I've been a big Trinan fan for, for a couple years now. So uh, I'm hoping he sticks around. I probably will take some, I don't know, some uh, uh, kind of maybe a couple bids on, on Trevino in some places, maybe where I'm hurting and mm-hmm. hope maybe I spike a closer. Uh, or or if I've got Trinan, I'll just go handcuff him real quick just in case. But I I, th- I think about twelve hours ago I was ready to build a bit a hundred bucks. Now I'm I'm looking at probably more of like a, a six or seven dollar bid. Yeah, I mean, you, you, if you need saves, um, you know, most people are, are struggling there. I mean, a lot of people aren't hoarding closers. I mean, hey, if you are, then then you're lucky and, and that's a good thing. But a lot Enjoy of people are fighting. I mean, you're fighting for saves out there. People this week are going to go bananas for Sean Kelly. Uh, there can be people, you know, throwing money on Michael Givens and, and try to figure different things out. And so, yeah, I mean, Trevino is a good pitcher. I mean, this is a guy that was fantastic last year. I think he had a little bit of a blip. Um, you know, but other, other than that, I mean, dude has allowed in just 13 innings this year, just two walks, two runs, really solid, uh, much better than walking Joaqu- Soria. So he, I believe would be the guy Trevino, um, should try and actually have to hit the IL. Yeah, completely agree. I believe he would be the next man up. All right, let's finish. Oh, actually we got two more. We got AJ Pollock. He has elbow surgery. Uh, I believe to clean up an infection on previous hardware left over from a previ- from his previous elbow surgery. Yeah, good job, guys. Yeah, I, I, he got bursa, which is pretty gross if you know anything about bursa. Um, but uh, he, he the surgery went uh, as expected. There's no timetable for return right now. I think we're probably looking at a month to six weeks. Uh, what are you doing if you have Pollock? Uh, that's a, that's going to be a good question for me today because, um, on my main event team where I did buy into Pollock, um, not just because he was a, a Dodger, but you know, I mean, Homer. yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, there is a potential chance that I do, um, drop him in that 15 teamer. The thing about him is, and this is a really interesting thing that one of my colleagues uh, pointed out, is, you know, the dude hasn't played in June since 2015. And he's what? only played over 140 games once in his career. And that I was 2015. That part, but I, you I, go I, back to the last few seasons. Yeah, 2015 was the last time he even played a day in June. So, so count him out till July. Yeah, I guess you have to just by uh, history. Like, that's a crazy weird coincidence stat because I mean obviously the the fact that he continuously gets injured is not a coincidence but just the fact that it always seems to happen in June seems odd that it would work itself out that way 
And I think you can drop them in 12 teamers. I think that's fine. There are enough guys that, uh, you know, that, that can fit the bill for you there. Hopefully this is a short-term issue because Pollock is a fun guy to watch when he's healthy. Uh, though I don't, uh, I don't have any, uh, sympathy for, for the Dodgers. So I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with, uh, them, them losing a, a few games in his absence. Fair enough. <laughs> for all, for all you people out there that call me Dodger or uh, a Giants homer and a Dodgers hater, I brought Vlad onto the show. Let's, 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 uh, let's calm That's down. That's a big thing. Time. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a big, big thing. You could have told, yeah, could have told me to F off. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Uh, Carlos Rodon's hitting the IL. There's talk about Tommy John surgery and his future as well. Is he just a straight drop for you? Yeah, at this point, I think he is. I think he, of all the guys, is the one that perhaps we could lose uh, for the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's what it's kind of looking like, uh, swelling in that elbow. Um, a shame because he had such a uh, big strikeout upside um, that we saw. But uh, unfortunately for me, he's a drop everywhere. Don't own any, any shares, uh, but if I do, I probably would drop him. Yeah, unfortunately, part of the, the shares of mine that have gotten injured this year, uh, I was very, uh, very excited in the leagues that I had him that he, he really looked like he was starting to put that pro, uh, prospect pedigree uh, all together. And unfortunately, I, I think you're right. I think this is, uh, this is probably the most likely of, of the guys we've talked about to have a season ending injury or surgery. So uh, yeah, probably got to just drop him and move on. All right, let's talk about some fab pickups. You write the fab article over at guru. Uh, I write some stuff over at Fantasy Alarm uh, for, for kind of weekly planning stuff. So, and we both have a lot of fab bids to put in tonight. Uh, let's start with kind of the big name. If he wasn't drafted in your NFBC league last uh, or at, during the draft, you're getting your first shot at Nate Lowe. What do you think will be the average bid or winning bid on Nate Lowe? Um, it's interesting. I mean, I think a lot, I think between him and canning, I think it's pretty obvious that those are the two guys that are going to go for a boatload of dollars. Um, you know, the thing about him is he is a, uh, always been a big hitting prospect, big dude, uh, hit 27 home runs last year between, um, you know, three different minor, minor league levels. And this is coming off a, uh, an off season where he, um, basically made some adjustments at the plate. And, um, and and it paid off for him last year, and so um, clearly deserves the call up this year. Uh, you know him. You know can play first base, DH. Um, he can hit from both sides of the plate. Um, he's going to be worth it, I think. He's think he's going to have a nice uh, nice little season. I think he he can hit twenty home runs from this point on. Um, the good thing about him is he's always shown great plate discipline in the minors. Um, always been really good at taking walks. Um, and like every rookie, he's going to go through his struggles. Uh, his, the other guy, Brennan Lau, um, we haven't hit, seen him struggle whatsoever. And, um, and that's coming. I mean, that's just inevitable. I'm sorry. I'm a big Brandon Lau fan. I have a lot of shares, but come on guys. I mean, he's not going to continue at the pace that he is this he's year. He's not going to hit 400. You don't think? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if Maybe. he's still hitting 400 or not, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a beast. He was worth it. Whatever people pay for fat for him and fat, but you know what, you know why you, why you pay why you pay for Lau or for low here? Because, this race team is just magical. They're built for fantasy this year. You're going to see a lot of teams at the end of the year that are winning leagues um, in overall competitions. They are going to have a lot of rays on their team. And it's a it's a similar construction to the Diamondbacks a few years ago where what I did was I drafted a lot of like late round Diamondbacks at the time. It was like, you know, it was Pollock, uh, David Peralta, Jake Lamb. It was guys in the in the late 20 rounds 
that ended up really, really um, out earning their their draft day value. And that's what you're getting with a lot of the guys here. I mean, you just, you know, you, you see them, you, you see they have like a good schedule coming up with like Baltimore or whoever. Just pick up whoever they have. You know, G-Man Choi's got a bunch of righties. Grab Choi. Just this team is, it's a, they're a magical fantasy team. They might even very well, they have a great pitching staff, can compete in, uh, in the playoffs. So um, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see them in the World Series. Uh, I think it's definitely possible, and so you want to kind of just kind of jump along and and go along for the ride there. I uh, I'm right there with you. I think I think Low I almost called him Lao uh, is going to be kind of the big kind of prize of the weekend. I fully expect him to be kind of like a hundred dollar out on average uh, in in most NFBC leagues, uh, fifteen team NFBC leagues. And I think he's well worth that. Uh, I know I've got a $100-plus bid on him in the main event. Uh, hopefully my main event competitors don't hear this by the time uh, bidding goes off. But if it does, I'm sure they are. There are those who are going after him know that they're going to have to spend at least triple digits. So... Uh, and, and you know what? And, and a lot of it comes down to like what your current situation is at corner. So this is something I, I think about or try to think ahead to is like... You know, just because you have, um, you know, a lot of people, for example, maybe they have Chris Davis or Nelson Cruz at their utility spot and say their first baseman, third baseman and corner are just going off. They're doing really well. That doesn't mean you shouldn't uh, put in a nice bid for la- for low because, you know, one of those goes, guys go down in a, in a heartbeat and then all of a sudden you need to play a guy like low all the time instead of having to go to the waivers and pick up like a, you know, Candelario or a boar or guys that you may like pick up and drop every week. So it's okay to go ahead and do that with the way that injuries are going down. Um, and then the same thing where you also want to be careful. You don't want to drop somebody like a Justin Turner just because he had a bad first month. You know, Justin Turner, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be fine. He's going to be good. Devers, uh, Rafael Devers didn't hit a home run until this weekend. This is his very first one. And now you can start to play him again. I mean, this, this stuff balances out. You can't go so much based on what we saw in April. A lot of the things, these things are going to change. And so, you know, grabbing someone like him to have some depth, I think, is a good thing. It's just a matter of if you, people think he's going to stay up for the year. And I don't see why he wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think that the Rays are bringing him up to send him back down. They're, they're not a team that starts people's clock willy-nilly they they bring people up to stay and i think uh, there's unless he is truly awful i don't think there's any reason they would send him down yeah and and obviously in in 12 teamers i mean you know there might be some leagues where perhaps you can snag him for under for under 100 um but it also just depends like you, you got to look at your own team but if like you've got you know arenado and, and and bregman i mean actually most teams won't have both of those guys but you if you have like solid guys that are that are hitting really well um, you know, you, you, you've got Vlad Guerrero on the team or you just picked up Chavez or something, then maybe perhaps you don't need to go crazy for it. But if you're hurting a little bit at corner or you want some depth, then I think perhaps he's worth it. Um, just know that there'll be some other guy in, in two weeks and then the week after that, that's going to be viable for fab pickup. At some point, we run out of guys, right? At some point, but they're always – and but then there's a, there's this cycle that happens where some of these people like – you know, somebody good gets dropped, you know, somebody, you know, a, a Justin Turner gets dropped or a Devers gets dropped and then you can try to pick them up. And there's always there's a cyclical thing that goes on in fantasy. Um, it sucks for the teams that are out of it because those teams, you just don't see them making a lot of ads and drops. And so they just kind of their team stay stale. But there are other people that are just really kind of jump the gun and they drop somebody that could be really good and you can pick them up later. There's always something available. 
Uh, let's go ahead and move on and talk about Sean Kelly. You uh, talked a little bit about people we're going to be putting bids, or sorry, uh, we're going to we'll talk talk about Griffin Canning first. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Sean Kelly here in a sec, but Griffin Canning is going to be one of the top pitching uh, pickups of the week. Made his uh, major league debut. I talked about him a little bit on the episode last week. Said I was going to be starting him in the Barf League. Did that. I'm okay with that move. He's got a two start week this week. What are you bidding on Griffin Canning this week? Man, I need some pitching. Uh, I'm going to bid for him. Uh, the the What makes it even more enticing is he's got two st- starts this week, and people are going to go bananas for it. It's at Detroit and at Baltimore. It's oh. a pu- beautiful two-step. Um, I could totally see it just going like getting like on going on fire, like something happening, like him giving up five run runs at Baltimore, because that's just how baseball works. It's just so crazy. Um, the thing is with him, actually, Strawman McGee, is that your boy? Um one of the F- <laughs> yeah, FWFB uh, yeah, guys. Yeah, Walter McMichael. Yeah, so Walter tweeted something about his game logs this year and how he rarely gets out of the fourth inning, which is really weird. It's something I didn't really think about or look at. So uh, we saw a little bit of that in the first start where he was absolutely unhittable and dominant and then finally gave up some runs. What was it in the fifth or the sixth where at that point he, they took him out? So it's something to be wary of, something to to consider. Um, and also, we've got to consider that Andrew Heaney and Nick Trapiano are going to be back at some point. So does that mean Felix Pena goes to the pen? Does uh, Do they put Matt Harvey to the pen? Like, you know, how does that whole thing work out? So I don't think it's a no-brainer that Canning's going to be up for the rest of the year. I think these are some things people need to think about. Yeah, I, I think if they're bringing him up, then he, they're kind of bringing him up to stay. I don't know what Walter's talking about. I mean, he went five in – at least five or five twice in the minors and then six in his last start at the minors. So uh, I don't, I don't see unless there's some starts that so, are coming up on fan graphs. So you're telling me, don't believe everything you read on Twitter, especially not from straw man McGee. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I think that they're going to let him run. I, I think this, if we learned anything from the Andrew Heaney situation in Los Angeles last year is they're just going to push these guys whenever they can because they, it's hard enough for them to keep pitchers on the mound. Uh, I, I think as long as he's pitching well, they're going to let him go. So uh, I like Canning a lot. I, I was impressed by his first start. I know the, the surface numbers weren't amazing because he got hit up for, what, I think two home runs. Uh, but he looked good to begin with. Uh, like you said, it's a great two-step this week. Uh, with those teams in terms of a two-start week. Can't really ask for much better than that. So uh, I think he's probably another one of these $100 guys, and I'm going to be in on him in the majority of my leagues. Yeah, in, in NFBC main event, you'll see him go for over 200 in some leagues. Same thing with with Lowe. Um, and, and probably the same thing with the next guy we're talking about, Sean Kelly. So people are definitely going to bid up, especially if you just lost Kluber and Tyon. You may want to blow the bank on this kid. Yes, you will. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the affirmation, uh, Sean Kelly, uh, who is kind of taking uh, the closer role over the newly signed or, or extended contract extended Jose Leclerc. Uh, because of that contract, do we think that Leclerc's going to get back into the role at some point, or can Kelly really grab this job and run with it? So Kelly can. He's definitely capable of it. Um, he's a, a decent pitcher. I mean, he's pretty much, you know, right now, like what, like a 360 RA, XFIP is 3.7. It's, you know, right around there. Uh, you know, obviously a good, um, you know, guy kind of leads with a slider, also has a 92 mile an hour fastball. 
Um, so he can definitely hold the job for the year, but I still think they're going to want to see Leclerc back in there, um, fix what he, you know, basically what's been wrong with him, um, give him some non-pressured situations. Uh, he did come in the seventh in yesterday's game and ended up having a clean inning, a couple strikeouts, which is good. So you may see him back at some point. So that's kind of the tough part um, with bidding on Kelly. But I think you're still going to see huge bids with people just assuming that he's going to be the guy for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those situations we saw, I think, maybe last week or the week before, I can't remember, uh, with Pagan, where people threw a whole bunch of money at him, and they're probably going to regret that decision. That being said, if, you, if you're in dire need of saves, go for it, uh, because he, this, he is going to be the guy, at least for now, and that Texas offense is going to get enough runs where he's going to put them uh, in, in positions to get saves. So, uh, I just... If, if you're kind of middle of the pack, I'm, I'm not blowing my wad on, on uh, my fab on Sean Kelly. I just don't know that he's going to hold down the job at 35 years old and uh, what we've seen from him over the last few years. Fair enough. I agree. Uh, Logan Forsyth, uh, speaking of a guy who's old and a name from the past, uh, he's been hot as of late. Any interest in him? Not really. Uh, he's, you know, I know him well because he was could uh, arguably the worst Dodger of all time. <laughs> so, so bad. So the main reason why I don't like him is um, so he is a platoon guy at first base right now with uh, with Danny Santana. And we've got Ronald Guzman coming back. Guzman could be back as early as Tuesday. Uh, Forsythe's going to play a lot less. Um, and then he's pretty much been like over the course of the, his career, you're pretty much just playing him when you see a lot of uh, lefties coming up. Um, just over the course of his career, a 341 Woba against lefties, 297 against righties. Uh, it's been a little closer to that this year. Um, and then obviously a 28% walk rate against lefties. You can guarantee that's going to come dipping down maybe closer to his uh, career rate of like 12% or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, outside of like a, you know, deep conditional bid for a couple of bucks, I think because Guzman's back, you can pretty much uh, scratch him off. I'm right there with you. So we're just going to move right on to Chris Bassett, who's a guy I've liked in the past. Uh, had a nice first start with the A's uh, coming on up, uh, filling in for some injuries. Is this something you think he can continue on throughout the season? So he's had three starts this year. Um, the first two were dominant, just looked absolutely amazing. Um, similar to what we saw from Jordan Lyles, right? Like a mm -hmm. couple amazing starts, and he just got uh, truly bombed remembering who Jordan Lyles truly is. Uh, Chris Bassett, I mean, he hasn't really been fantasy viable since 2015. Um, but he's a serviceable pitcher. There's something that, you know, some sort of magic that goes on there in Oakland. It's a good park for pitchers. So I think he could have some relative success this year. The thing that I'm going to keep an eye on is that swing strike rate. Um, he's pretty much like a 7% guy, at least has been over the course of his career. And this year so far, he's right around 13%. Um, he did give up a couple home runs in his last start, which was yesterday. Um, you know, he's, he's got a decent start. I think maybe it's against Cleveland this week. So, um, so yeah, he's not somebody I would break the, break the bank on in 12 teamers. I'm not really interested. Uh, but I think in 15 teamers where it's tough to really find good viable starting pitching, uh, if he's still available, I think you maybe have to bid. I agree with you. Like I said, I've been a fan of his in the past and, uh, he's not a guy that is going to be extremely overwhelming, but, because he's not one of those guys that's maybe got a huge upside, you're not going to spend a ton on him in fab. So he's a great kind of backup option for your for your cannings of the world uh, and maybe other guys uh, that we'll be talking about, like Anthony Descalfani, who's next on our list. 
uh, and he's got a two-step this week, uh, both against the Giants, one at home in a weird uh, – I, I don't understand why they're doing this, but he they, they played a weekend series uh, this weekend uh, with him, or uh, the Giants and the Reds played in Cincinnati, and they've got one more game, as I guess, as part of that series on Monday. It's not a makeup game. So I don't understand why they're doing it, but then they've got uh, a three-game set in uh, in San Francisco. So he's going to be home versus San Francisco, and then uh, away versus San Francisco. So are you picking up Anthony Escalfani? You know what? He's somebody I've consistently hated on, um, but there is something in you know that we're seeing this year that's that's uh, that works. Um, the thing about Escalfani is you pretty much want to avoid him against teams. That have very uh, very good left-handed hitters on their team. Um, so a, a matchup, say against like the Tigers. I mean, rarely would he play them. I don't even know if the Reds will play them this year. But that's a great matchup for Disclafani. Just a whole bunch of righties on that team. Not a lot of lefty power. Not a lot of lefties in general. But uh, there are other teams like Milwaukee. I would never want to play Disclafani against. I mean, he pretty much. Last year had like uh, 15 home runs allowed, a 385 x woba, one of the worst in the league against lefties. This year it's pretty similar. I think his, you know, his his numbers look good, but a three, I think 95, a uh, 398 woba against lefties so far this year. K's are up 28 percent almost. Walks are still high at nine percent, and he's got an xFIP about a, a run higher than his ERA. Um, but you can't pass up two starts at San Francisco, right? <laughs> well, like you said, you. You only want to start him if they've, you know, going up against a team with bad or no lefties, and you want a team of bad hitters. It's it's the Giants. So, yep. uh, yeah, I think you have to Wait. start him. And I've been a Descalfani guy uh, for a couple years. It's nice to see him get back and get healthy. Uh, and when he is going up against a lineup like the Giants twice in a week, you like, got you got to enjoy it. Yeah, like you know, two wins, uh, fifteen strikeouts, and like you know, three home runs allowed to Brandon Belt, something like that. Yeah, well, and I mean, this this Cincinnati Cincinnati start, he might get the home run, but that 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 part keeps uh, in San Francisco mm-hmm. keeps Belt pretty locked in for the most part. So uh, I don't think we're ever going to see that Brandon Belt breakout that a lot of people wanted for a long time. Hey, by the way, um, per Walter's tweet um, about Canning, apparently he was referring to 2018, his 13 starts in uh, in AAA, where he only got you know hit five innings, I think like five or six times, and the rest was under, so never like over six innings. Yeah, I mean he he's he's done it in three of four starts, including his one majors where he didn't do it. So. Yeah, I'm just trying I'm to keep not, the price down. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> super worried about that. Um, let's uh, let's move on and talk about John Duplantier, who's been sent down to the minor leagues. Uh, they've brought up Taylor Clark to take his spot. Clark's going to get a two-start uh, week this week, and Duplantier is going to get stretched out in the minor leagues. So are you interested in, in kind of either stashing Duplantier or picking up Taylor Clark? First of all, let me commend you on the best pronunciation of Jean Duplantier uh, yet so far that I've heard. So why? Thank you. I uh, French was my first language. It's a, a very well done, my friend. Um, Taylor Clark. He's a, uh, a third round prospect, twenty five year old guy. I mean, he is going to get the, the at least the first start. Um, if he gets completely bombed, then maybe Duplantier Duplantier by then will be ready to go. But he needs to be down for ten days because he was optioned. Um, that's just the minor league rules. 
So, um, but that's the guy you want. You want to uh, Duplantier after last weekend, he had like those four innings and in dominance and in, in, in relief. Um, people went nuts for him, at least in my main event leagues and the really sharp leagues, he went for 50 plus. And so I never really had a chance. I thought I could sneak him in. I never had a chance. Now you're hoping that people drop him this weekend or that he's still available. That's a stash that you really want to have. He's a, uh, a bona fide future star in the league, I believe. Um, I would love to have him on my team. So he's somebody that I'm definitely looking at. Taylor Clark's going to be just a guy, um, you know, this week. He gets, um, you know, what, at Tampa Bay and then against Atlanta and all those lefties. That's a, it's a little scary for me. Yeah, I don't know that I love him getting Tampa Bay and Atlanta. That's And I know Tampa Bay is a pitcher's park, uh, but that offense has just been, like you, like you said, the teams that are doing well right now are, are teams that invested in the, the Tampa Bay offense and really the Tampa Bay starting pitchers, so... Uh, I don't think, and it's not like Clark has been great necessarily at the minor leagues this year. He's got a 612 uh, ERA, uh, and that matches his K per nine. Yeah, so, it, mm-hmm. yeah. I, 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 I don't think I'm touching him. Duplantier is an interesting guy. I don't know that he's got ace upside necessarily, but I definitely think he could be a number a low end two high end three in fantasy terms though with the way injuries have been this year who knows he i mean he could just be an ace by attrition yeah i mean he, he you know he's one of those guys i think it, in 12 versus really nothing you could do about it but 15s if you're able to stash him you got to do it i think he's gonna have a nice uh, few months he'll be in that rotation i think uh very shortly yeah i would say in the next week or two so i, I would be stashing him if i could uh, the Giants are in Colorado, and this is one of the cool things you do in your article that I do not do in my weekly planner, uh, is kind of talk about just offenses in general that have really good spots or, or really bad spots. Uh, and the Giants are going to start off their first game in Cincinnati this week, then go to uh, Colorado for three. So are there any guys on the Giants team that you're maybe kind of looking at picking up? Yeah, I think in 12-teamers, uh, Brandon Belt's still available in a lot of spots. So I think you uh, you go ahead and you, you snag him where you can for this, for this week's matchups. Uh, going deeper than that, 15-teamers, you could try somebody like a Steven Dugar uh, or even a Joe Panic because these are both um, left-handed hitters. And San Francisco basically lines up for, uh, if I'm not mistaken, six, uh, seven righties. Uh, there's a chance that Chad Bettis is back in the rotation. Mm-hmm. He's um, supposed to start you know. Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, I mean, they got Disclafani twice. They got Tyler Mayle, who uh, or Male, or however you pronounce it. Um, either oh, way, the yeah. guy gives up gives up a lot of a uh, lot of contact to, uh, to to left-handed hitters. So, um, you know, it's they're not going to score eleven runs like they did the other day. Uh, you know, every game, but they might have a good game there in Colorado. Um, and they had that game at Cincinnati. So, I very very much like uh, some Giants this week. Sneaky. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know. I mean, Panic did just hit his second home run uh, in Cincinnati. So maybe he's starting to kind of get a little feel for the ball. I mean, he's a guy that just doesn't have a ton of power necessarily uh, to him. But Belt is always a guy that can get a hold of one every once in a while. It's just not as consistent maybe uh, as we we had hoped for when he was kind of uh, coming up. Uh, Duger is an interesting guy. They've moved him out of the uh, the leadoff spot. Uh, and he's responded very, very strongly to it. He had a really good series uh, in Cincinnati, so it wouldn't surprise me if he's kind of the guy that I that I would probably target in DFS a bunch this week. Uh, but also if he's available in in some of your leagues, 
it looks like they get uh, Senzatella, John Gray, uh, and Tyler Anderson in Colorado this week. That's good. Oh, Anderson mm-hmm. is, is okay. That, that's that's the the planner I've got up right now is Anderson. Though I I had seen Chad Bettis, so maybe Bettis comes up and uh, they 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 push Anderson uh, back one. I mean, either way works, but uh, you definitely want Bettis in there if you're if you're playing Giants this week. Mm-hmm. And their their home uh, their home starts versus Cincinnati, uh, uh, Luis Castillo, Anthony Descalfani, and Tyler Molly. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Uh, let's. Uh, speaking of Colorado, Colorado's got I think either six or seven games uh, at home this week. So if you've been kind of waiting for, uh, they've got six games: uh, three against San Francisco, three against the Padres. So if you've been waiting for some of your uh, your Rockies to kind of get going, maybe now is the time. Uh, and one of the guys that started to get going is Ramel Tapia. What are your thoughts on Tapia? I mean, he's such a much better hitter than Ian Desmond. Desmond's definitely on the uh, the decline. That's a low bar um, right there. Uh, it's a very low bar. But those two um, kind of work each other, work well together um, as a platoon because, you know, Toppy against right-handers, Desmond against lefties. Desmond's always crushed lefties. Um, and so, yeah, you just he's just one of those guys you need to have on your team because, hey, he's a, he's a Colorado Rocky. He hits for contact. He can hit for a good average. He's got a little bit of pop. Um, and you just got to own him. So, um, you know, I've been writing him up for the last two weeks. I'm going to write, I mentioned him again this week, uh, get Ramel Tapia um, on your 12-team rosters because he's already gone in all the 15s. Yeah, you. Uh, they're facing, it looks like, of their six games, they're going to face five lefties this week. They've got Bumgarner, Derek Holland, who's making his return uh, from the IL. Uh, then uh, Derek Rodriguez is a righty. But Eric Lauer, uh, Lucchese, and uh, uh, uh against San Diego. So they're going to be facing lots of lefties this week. So uh, I would be powering up a lot of your uh, Colorado righties uh, this week, So especially in your, your DFS lineup. So uh, I like Tapia a lot. It seems like they're giving him run. Um, and if he's available, I, I'd be surprised if he's available in too many leagues. But I guess in your 10 and 12 team leagues, there's probably still some – shares floating around there you rockies i mean there's just teams this there's just some teams that just have that advantage when they're at home and mm-hmm. you just want to have them on your team you know it's you know we stream all the time people we look at a schedule uh, who's who you know what, what team is visiting cores like how often do we actually target san francisco giants offense <laughs> and put players hey it's because they're going to cores you know who's going to baltimore and to, to face that's you know six era staff so these are the things that we need to take advantage of and grind on in a week-to-week basis Definitely. Uh, are you grinding Lucas Giolito at all this uh, this week? I believe he's got a two start week. Uh, he looked he's looked a little bit better as of late. Are you kind of buying into what we're seeing? Yeah, I mean, you know, previous to the hamstring injury, the the numbers didn't really do him justice because he's got an ERA over five when um, the XFIP's actually around three and a half. Uh, 29% strikeout rate. We saw an improvement in strikeout rate over the second half of the last season. Really, the issue still is the walk rate, uh, 11 and a half this year, something that's always been an issue for him. But uh, it's hard to, to get that bad taste out of our mouths after last year. I mean, he was literally one of the worst pitchers. It, he was the worst pitcher in baseball in the first half of the season. But we remember him also as a big-time prospect with the Nationals. And he's finally kind of coming together, um, had a decent start. Not great against the Red Sox in his return um, at Cleveland and at Toronto this week. I think that's worth bidding on. Um, he's only like 65% owned in 15-teamers. So I think people are going to bid for him, maybe 
you know, 30, 40 bucks, something like that. Um, and you could even possibly stream him in 12ers. I mean, you always take on that risk, but uh, he's also somebody that can end up being a uh, somebody who provides value for you all season long. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a tricky guy, but I, I like the two-star uh, week because of the matchups. And I like the ball or the fact that he's he's uh, limiting fly balls right now. His fly ball percentage has dropped about eight percent from last year. Uh, he's really working well with the slider. Uh, I really love to see the fastball play a little bit better than it is because it has not been good uh, this year. So I think there is some risk, especially if he he leaves anything in the zone. But that being said. Uh, you're not going to get a ton of great matchups all the time, and Giolito's uh, a, a two-start guy that's probably not going to cost you a ton in fab. 100%. So, yeah, get, bit him up, folks. <laughs> uh, Sky Bolt has got an 80-grade name, uh, and he's been called up. He's going to get some bids uh, as well. Started off pretty well in uh, in Reno for the Athletics. Hit six home runs, three stolen bases, 325, 400, 675, in his first 22 games at AAA. Uh, is there a chance that he actually can crack the lineup in Oakland, and are you taking any shots on him? Uh, you know what? Maybe it's like a backup conditional bid. So you're right. I mean, he is crushing it. He was crushing in the minors. Um, nice power-speed combo. Uh, and the outfield's pretty set. I mean, it's Loreno, uh, Piscotti, and then he can mix in with, uh, with Robbie Grossman. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're going to probably see overbidding on the name value alone. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you know, it's worth a shot. It's not like Dustin Fowler is, is tearing the cover off the ball in the minor leagues. Um, he's basically the same guy he's all, he always was. I think he's hitting like 240 in the minor. So I don't see him necessarily being a threat anytime soon. So yeah, I think Sky Bolt's worth a few bucks. Um, I just don't know if I would go absolutely nuts on him. Yeah, I, I would maybe toss a few bucks at him. Uh, is kind of maybe a stash option if Loriano struggles offensively, uh, or they just decide that they're, they're they're over the Robbie Grossman experiment, which I don't understand why they continue to play that one, but uh, it is what it is. So, uh, eighty grade name, definitely not spending more than eight bucks on him in any format, uh, and I'd be hard pressed to even bid that much. Uh, but he opens up a lot of avenues for awesome team names. Yeah, yeah, I haven't thought of any yet, but I can definitely see how that'd be yeah, the case. Yeah, I'm sure there's got to be some out there. People can tweet at us at at, at Rotogut at Justin Mason FWFB. Uh, your awesome Skybolt inspired nicknames. Uh, my my guy Matt Thompson, who really loves bad puns. Uh, him and I got in a pun off when they when they made the uh, decision to call him up. So, uh, and I think he posted that on Twitter at some point. All right, uh, let's finish up with Zach Gallen. Gallen is one of the top pitching prospects for the Marlins. There's talk that he could be up shortly. Now, in NFBC leagues, you more than likely can't bid on him until he's up. But in other leagues, you could stash him. Are you going to stash him in any formats there, Vlad? So, yeah, I mean, you know, there are really only a couple spots I could do that. Uh, hopefully nobody from the FSTA Experts League is listening because, um, you know, they do have players available that are in the minor leagues you can pick up beforehand uh, or at least when they get called up and not when they actually play. So um, it, I have to look and see if he's available there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, otherwise, in NFBC, which is where I primarily play, I'm just going to have to get, wait for him to get called up. Uh, he was the dude that came over in the, uh, the, the Alcantara trade. Uh, so far in the minors, electric, a 112 ERA, just five runs allowed in 40 innings, 
34% strikeout rate and under a 4% walk rate. So um, this kid has got great stuff. Um, I kind of like this rotation, right, with Caleb Smith. Richards is good on occasion. I mean, like not uh, Pablo Lopez is occasionally fire. I think he has a good start today, Sunday. Um, edit that if he ends up having a bad start, by the way. <laughs> it is against the Braves, right? So it's not, not necessarily yeah. a great matchup. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going on a limb. I'm playing him in DFS today. I'm playing there some you go. I, I like that it's kind of a contrarian play. People aren't usually going to go up against the Braves, but uh, Acuna's uh, banged up. It's, uh, it's a nice uh, park to pitch in, and I, I do like Pablo Lopez. Yeah, I mean this this uh, th- this staff would definitely use somebody like Gallon um, very well, and there's no reason not to call him up unless they're just totally tanking. Yeah, so uh, he probably will replace Alcantara in the in the rotation if uh, he continues struggle, and he he struggled. I, I know because he's on at least a couple of my teams, uh, but uh, I think Alcantara's got a two start week this week. Hopefully he can get both starts a chance to turn it around. But if he doesn't, I'm pretty sure Gallon's coming up early next week. Yep, it sounds about right to me. All right, anybody else you want to touch in from your article or or that you're just thinking about before we wrap it up? No, I mean, I think some other names. I think people need to bet on Howie Kendrick if he still happens to be available in any of your leagues. Um, I think, um, you know, somebody like uh, James McCann also needs to be owned in uh, in 12-teamers, especially with catcher being so uh, so bad. I'm thinking maybe people need to be careful on somebody like Jose Iglesias. I mean, you know, hot one week, cold the next. I mean, the dude's hit 350 over the last two weeks. So you know exactly where that batting average is going. Um, And then I do think that Garrett Hampson, um, I can't quit that man. I I, think uh, I still have all my shares. I'm I'm surprised that he's been dropped in leagues. He's getting dropped. And, you know, I mean, we thought maybe Daniel Murphy was going to go on the IL or something. But Daniel Murphy was in the lineup the other day. So, um, you know, still not playing every day. There's going to be a time eventually something's going to happen. He's going to get everyday playing time. So you want to hold you want to hold on to him. And, uh, you know, hopefully he figures it out in the majors before you get sent down to the minors. He's too good of a hitter, of a natural hitter, and has too good plate discipline to not figure it out at some point. Yeah, and- tell that to Brad Johnson. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> oh, no. Hi, Brad. <laughs> I'm sure Brad's listening. So, yeah, no, he he's he's too good of just uh, he's got too good of a hit tool not to get it eventually. So, I I'm holding on to my shares. It hurts me because like in the main event, I can't just like put them on my reserve list because I don't have a reserve list mm-hmm. uh, of healthy players. But I'm running them out there because at some point I think he could be a real difference maker, and I don't want it to be for someone else's team. Yeah, and this is the very last name. I'll just mention it, and uh, you may scoff at me, but uh, Nicky Delmonico, uh, the dude is going to suck your batting average dry, but he's going to hit some home runs in the process. And they do get seven righties this week. Uh, some are of the difficult variety, Bauer, Bieber, Carrasco, but uh, uh, just somebody to keep an eye on. Um, you know, Somebody that will be on the waiver wires at all times. I'm not talking 12ers. I'm talking about deep 15-team leagues. At some point this summer, you might need some power. He could work out for you as well. Yeah, I'm... I'm not. I, I. I. Yeah. I can't buy in on Delmonica. Yeah. Does it not give you the same like like name value quality as a Sky Bolt, or you just look at that differently? Like, or or if you're ordering pizza, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I guess you if you can pair him with another Italian sounding last name, and you can, yeah, turn it into something. But I, I just don't think it does. Definitely doesn't have the the uh, Thor like strength yeah. of of a Sky Bolt. No. No. That's a very very precious name. Yeah. All right, Vlad, why don't you uh, tell everybody where you can reach on social media and then plug all your work over at Guru. 
Yeah. So uh, Twitter, if you don't already follow me, is at RotoGut, R-O-T-O-G-U-T. And uh, all my work on the season-long side is found over on FantasyGuru.com. Uh, I've got a weekly From the Gut article. And then also on the weekends, I do the, uh, the weekly Fab article. And uh, that's it. Thank you very much for having me, Justin. Always a pleasure. Of course, it is. Uh, it's always great to sit down and talk with you. Uh, you know, I, I missed you out in, at Tau Ors this year, so we're we're getting our kind of time on the podcast. But and then I think I, at some point I'm either coming on your guys's podcast or yeah, uh, or, or uh, <laughs> your buddy Draft Cheats coming on this one uh, because I am definitely losing my bet to him. Uh, our, our main event bet, so. Awesome, man. We'll love to have you. Yeah, it's I, I, I as much as I don't like to lose, I, I definitely pay off my bets. So I got to go double check <laughs> that tweet and figure out which one, which podcast or who's coming on which podcast when I lose it. But uh, even though his main event team is awful, it is awful. It's going to be better <laughs> than mine. So. <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap us up for Vlad and myself. Thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season. <laughs>